Okay, so in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, welcome again, uh, continuing uh, Hosea, and actually going into a different uh, section now. So as you remember before, we kind of like said the first three chapters are kind of introduction about that relationship and what God uh, has in mind and what happened to the, to the, to the wife you know, that went after other gods, and then from four to ten more of the of the uh, exposing and the verdict and 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 refusing the 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 um, uh, requests from them that we can we can come back but still not according to what they should come back as, and then go coming from or going on from from 11, 12, 13, and fourteen we kind of like went through nine and ten last time and kind of we said like well let's just move move through move through nine and ten because it's it's clear what the message is which is again you know the 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 consequences and the punishment if you want to say that the punishment in order to bring them back basically and then from that you go to chapter or the 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 this section. From 11 to 14, if you can maybe just highlight or maybe give them some kind of of, of uh, titles, so we can still be in in, in order of what's happening. Uh, we'll talk about God's mercies in the past. This is from 11 till 12, 11 and 12 basically, uh, or mean actually just 11, just 11, which is today. God's mercies in the past, how He dealt with the people, right? And then uh, 12 and, and 13 is God's discipline in the present. So going back again to that idea of, of, you know, there is discipline and there is a way to teach, right? And then 14, the last chapter would be God's promises for the future. Okay, so if you want to kind of like put those three titles first uh, as we move on with that section from 11 chapter 11 to 14 again 11 is god's mercies in the past how he dealt with his people uh 12 and 13 god's discipline in the present and then chapter 14 the last chapter is god's promises for the future god's promises for the future so that's going to give us an idea of what we're we're, we're we're getting into again a different section we see the tone is a little bit different the the the, the goal is different from chapter 11 till uh, the end of the chapter Chapter 11 is, is, is very interesting chapter, actually, very interesting chapter, and gives us more idea of, of uh, if I may say that, how God feels about his people and about uh, the love that he, have for his, that he has for his people. So it's, it's uh, with that, you, you, you always you know, have that question that can, uh, will come up in the discussion, I'm sure, but... Uh, but the, the 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 question or the thought or have you ever questioned God love to you, right? Have you ever questioned God love to you? Like, why is this happening to me, right? Where are you? Why are you leaving me to go through this and this and this and that? So as we went from the beginning of the of the book to now, that question can always come up again because throughout, you know, especially the last you know, a few chapters that God is allowing them to go through the struggle and go through the, 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 the uh, captivity and all those things. And you, that, that question comes back again, right? Where is God's love? Where is God's love? And that's why, you know, you, 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 you see the, 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 the chapter uh, today and you see actually what God is doing uh, to his people and how he feel about that and how he's actually in a way 
from the text itself, it seems like like he is struggling with with something. Like he's kind of asking himself a question: What should I do again? Should I do this? And then he goes, "How can I do this?" Right? Like I love you so much, but but you're forcing me to deal with you in this way. But you know what? I cannot do this. Right? Although I let you struggle for a while, but still that mindset at the end of like, no, this is basically all you know. Uh, the the love that comes and 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 uh, takes over at the end of that, right? So something that's very important, something that we can probably relate to so much uh, with, with this. Let's let's just get a get an idea again and, and remember again what happened from the beginning. You know, from the beginning, from chapter one, God asked Hosea to do what? To go and find a wife, right? Unfaithful wife, Gomer, right? And and with if you if you if you're putting ourselves in that in that uh, position of Gomer, the wife that's unfaithful, and going through all the 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 experience that she went through so far, you still you still see that that same question coming up again, like where is God's love, right? And, and a lot of times it's 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 very very you know kind of broad question that allows us to actually to, to, to get lost. Right? I think, I don't know, you tell me, you know, how, how often did you really ask yourself that question and where did that lead to or what did it lead to? Did it ever lead to some kind of, of, of peace or some kind of realizing no, you know, a tear or it actually adds more and more and more? What do you think? Questioning God's love. And whenever we do that, does it ever bring a satisfying answer or it adds more or gets us more confused, more lost type thing? If you ask, if you ask enough times, okay, you go Okay, okay. So, so through that process of asking and questioning, if you're if you're realizing or going back again to see what he's doing with us, that kind of give you a hint or an answer. Okay, counting, counting your blessings. Okay, what else? Yes, James. Feeling so bad about questioning God's love. And I'm talking to God about it. I'm very quickly and clearly shown my sins and things that I know that I'm not doing correctly. Okay. That probably leads to my suffering more than God causing my suffering. Okay. So leads, you know, just looking at myself that that caused more unrest. Okay, that's also a good way to look at it, right? Because you're still kind of try to, you know, you you look at at our our shortcoming away from His love, right? And you think this is a very good very good point actually, because you think that 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 whatever is happening to me is in a way punishment, or God is actually mad at me, or I deserve what I what, what's happening. So it actually maybe even pushes you more away from that from realizing God's love. Well, I think 
think it's more of a me being convicted. Okay. And showing me that it's God does love me. Yes. And I'm the one preventing myself from Yes. So okay. Okay. So it's me who is stopping or standing between me and between God's love. Okay. What else? That understanding of the way God deals with us is based on what? Faith and love. So basically, again, based on my perception or my understanding of who God is, right? So here's here's a statement I read and I I wanted to to, to share with you and to to focus on that text and see exactly what you think of that. It says, because a correct understanding of God's dealings in the past is the best way to be certain of success in the future. Again, a correct understanding of God's dealing, correct understanding of God's dealing in the past is the best way to be certain of success in the future future. What does that mean? Correct understanding of God's dealing in the past. Best way for, to be certain of God's or in the success in the future. Okay. You have faith that it will still produce fruit in some way or another at some point that's coming It will help the future, right? And you notice in this statement, it doesn't say understanding the things or the or, or the or the or the problems or the circumstances. Understanding what God's dealing, how God deals with us, right? Because lots of times when we try to to to, to to, to understand things, we're, we're stuck at the, at the circumstance itself, right? But not going beyond that, which is like, this is a way of God dealing with me. Does it make sense or not, right? And you find it very, very uh, uh, interesting when you look at this from, from the text of Hosea here, right? But I think it's very important to know that because lots of times we don't have that that correct perception of, of, of who God is, right? As you will say later on, there is, there is a verse here today that it's very, very, very important. He goes that God is not like a man or God is not a man, right? And I think our main problem is dealing with God as what? As a man, right? So the lack of trust, right? The expectations, the, the the expectation even of how how much good he can be, like no, no, he, he can't be that good, right? Because we 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 base that on our relationship with each other, right? And we because that's what's in our hand. That's how we deal with every day, day in and out. We deal with each other, so that's all what we know. So when you look at the relationship with God, you, 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 you make that, that relationship with each other as the standard of that. And you can't even understand the idea that, that this, this is totally different than that level. It's, it's, it's a different level. 
right? What do you think of that? Like, think again of how we perceive God. And you see always that it's the way we perceive each other, right? Why is that? Well, we've always perceived people in a very realistic sense okay. in terms of like how we are as humans. So, you know, if someone's late, like, he's probably not coming. Right. If someone doesn't pay you back, no, he forgot about it. He forgot. He forgot. Okay. Yes. Yes. So we do the same thing with God. You know, I, I prayed about this a couple of times. He probably forgot. Right. Or something like that. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I just said this really funny thing. Of course, he said in Arabic, so it was really funny. He was like, We think that heaven is like an Amazon warehouse where they're fulfilling your orders, uh, uh, and your order got lost. Yes, no, no, don't worry, don't worry. He had your orders on, yes, <laughs> yeah, got lost or delayed. I think it's very important as we read this chapter today to get to have that mindset and to, to, to go beyond again, like, what kind of understanding do we have with that? Right, because again, according to the text that we're reading, you know, if, if you focused or paid attention to the last again last six, seven chapters or so, it's all about okay, how God is actually, in a way, as we said, punishing. Right, you refuse to come back, so here's what's going to happen to you. Right, and the more you get into that punishment, the more we forget about the love. Right, because what you have is the punishment. Right. So and you don't understand, you can't really understand that. Like, how is that, how, how, how can something good come out of that punishment? Right? Yes, Peter. I mentioned something. I think it depends. I don't know if perception is the word, but I think it depends on like where your heart is within. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It depends on like, so if you're completely away from God, yes, right? Yes. The love is still the same. As if you were his love is still the same, correct? Yes, as if you were with God, right? right? But whatever tribulation is coming to you can seem like punishment if your heart is very distant, yes, right? Yes, but if you're close with him, it could seem like an opportunity to grow, to grow, right? Yes, right? Because yes. right. right. stress is good at the end of the day. I mean, anything goes through stress in order for it to grow, to grow, right? Right. But how you again where you add makes gives you the right so vision. Extremely distant from God. Right. It can right. seem like very hard But not always, Peter. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying perception versus where your heart, because sometimes even when you're close, right? Mm -hmm. But then you still don't have that real understanding. But you trust in the faith and the love of that. Yes, but if that is not there, then you start to question. Right? I mean, we hear it all the time. You know what? How come? God is giving so-and-so everything, although they are not faithful. And here I am, I'm doing everything, and I'm you know, in the church, I'm serving, I'm fasting, but he wouldn't let me pass the test. He wouldn't let me get accepted into this. Or whatever, right? But that's, that's kind of what I'm saying, that, that stress is good. Right. That sorrow is good. It is. Right? It is. Because how do you mold a piece of metal, right? right? But, but, but that's what I'm saying is sometimes that if you're not again if your heart is not there or if you don't have the understanding you won't you won't tolerate that hammer you won't tolerate that stress right the 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 even talking about stress you know the difference between a material and the other under stress is what how flexible that that material is right if a material is not flexible it will break under stress 
So the flexibility comes from what? From, from that understanding and from being surrendering, right? I'm surrendering to God, so I'm flexible, right? But don't you think that the stress too when you're distant is also there? Because the feel of punishment can sometimes wake you up to bring you closer to God? It should. Right. But sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it takes a long time for people to understand it. Because again, the initial reaction is he's punishing me. I, I, he doesn't love me anymore, right? I mean, you see this, and I, I know several cases of people like, okay, why you're not you know, able to come anymore? Like well, something really dramatic and, and, and traumatic happened in their life and they lost faith of God and they don't think God loves them anymore. And you know what? We're done with that. We're done with that. So again, where is that? And that's why it's important to under, I think, I, I, I think the, the, the line between being pushed towards or pushed away is, is our flexibility of understanding, not even understanding of trusting more, trusting more. I was just listening to something about uh, the book of Job and, and the, 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 when Job went through all that stress, right? He asked God almost 40 questions. Like if you really count them, I can't remember, 40 or 44 questions, right? What did God do? He didn't answer a single one. He, asked, he, he, he came back at him with 60 questions. <laughs> Time and a half. You're asking me this? Okay, let me ask you, <laughs> right? Who did this and who did this and who did this and who did this? And at the end, what made Job change? Because he got an answer? No, but because he was in the presence, right? It was like, that's it. With the whirlwind and with, look, now I've seen God. Before I've heard about him, now I've seen him. I don't want to even have any answers. I don't want the answers anymore, okay? But he was able to see something and he was able to work with God. When God appeared to him in the whirlwind, okay, there's something different here, right? And I'm not going, going to, to, to keep, pursue the, the need for and the demand for my questions to be answered. That's a very important point. Because a lot of times, you know, like I need to know, right? Give me a reason why God is doing this. Give me a reason why I'm going through this. Give me a reason why things are not going the same way I want. I don't know. <laughs> As we said before, he's the judge. He can do whatever he wants to do, right? But in his presence, through our prayers, through the scriptures, through the worship, you start to see not only here. And that somehow has that, that impact of, okay, you know what? I trust you. I don't even know, want to know any of those answers anymore. I know that I'm in good hands. And that's what he's talking about today. <laughs> so understanding, again, what, what happened in the past and, and how God is dealing with us in the past gives us the success and the, 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 the strong start to, 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 to continue with him in the future. Again, a correct understanding of God's dealing in the past is the best way to be certain of success in the future. So why and how is that related to, to, to the text here? Let's, let's read uh the text first let's read the whole chapter first of all and then see where we 
where, where we will go with this. Okay, again, Hosea chapter 11. Start with this. When Israel was a child, I loved him and out of Egypt, I called my son. A common text that we take it totally out of context. Totally out of context, right? <laughs> Don't let me, you know, but we frame it and we put it and because we are from Egypt and again, no, it's totally out of context. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt, I called my son. So who is, who's, who's, who's the son here? Israel. We're not talking about Jesus. We're not talking about the, the trip, the flight, the escape. We're not talking about anything like that at all. It's very clear. Don't get me wrong. I love Egypt. I'm Egyptian. <laughs> but, but it really irritates, you know, when we take things out of context and make, make everything out of it, right? He he quotes it this way, but with the still with the context of that, which is the, which is the saving. Matthew is all about the kingdom of God, yeah. right? So so that 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 you know the parallel of that is is that when when Jesus came out of Egypt to start the kingdom, right? But in the context here, so yes, he's making that parallel, definitely. But in the actual context, it's mainly about that, right? I mean, you can look at it from the general view, which is we are the new Israel, right? So we are the son or the children of God from that context, right? So, so Israel at that time is now the new Israel, which is the church, right? So he brought, as he delivered them from Egypt, he continues to deliver us from that also, right? It is, but it's mainly again from this. It is. It is mainly that that people and the nation and the new nation, the new, the new Israel. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms. But they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness or humanness in the original, with the bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaw. And I bent down to them and fed them, give them meat. They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king because they have refused to return to me. The sword shall rage against their cities consume the bars of their gates and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me. And though they call out to the most high, he shall not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adama? How can I treat you like Zebulim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God, not a man. The Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt, and like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. And actually, 
verse 12 is the beginning of chapter 12 in the original. So start at this or stop at this. What's happening here? What's happening? As you said, God is showing us how he's thinking, right? Why is that? Because from before he said, okay, what you're not obeying and I will let you go and let you, uh, you know, I am the one who got you out of, uh, of, of Egypt and into the promised land. And because you are not, you don't want to return to me, I will actually kick you out of the promised land, right? That I give you, right? But then he go, comes here again with that, remember that I, I loved you and I love you and I still love you. So he brings back again the idea of what, how he worked with his people in Egypt. Right? So the, the, the actual, back again to, the, to that verse, the actual context here again is what, when Israel was a child, I loved him and out of Egypt, I called my son. What is, what is he talking about here? Yes. So he's, he's, he's considering the time, the Exodus, as the beginning of that nation, right? As the beginning of the nation. So he said that I called you. Called you, son, meaning what? I called my son, meaning what? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I adopted you. You weren't my son, but I called you my son, right? I gave you that title, that status, right? So you weren't, right? So what he's saying here, he's coming back again to the, to the idea of, you know, yes, I, I will let you, like, again, if you, if you remember the, the, the end of, of, of chapter 10, again, how he is talking about uh, they, they will, they will uh, vanish, basically, right? And, and, and they will be punished. But then he comes back again, as we said earlier, with the idea of what remember God's mercies, God's love. Why? Because I have done this to you. I brought you out of Egypt, and out of Egypt I called you my children. This was the time that you know, after after everything you 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 went through, and after you know, four hundred over four hundred years in Egypt, right? But then you are still, and I called you out of Egypt as my son. Right? So the idea again, like you know what even though I am allowing you to be punished and to go and to, to be out of the promised land, but remember what I've done with you from the beginning. Okay. There's something else important in the verse here, which is, which is uh, the way actually he, he, um, he's expressing that love. The love is through what? Based on the, on the just verse one here. That love is based on what? Say again. Who's innocent? Not really the owners are the child, but but the actual work, the actual that love is actually was manifested in what? In action. Right? What is the action that he brought them out of Egypt? Right? So the love. Which is, which is something I think we still struggle with. Like the love is, is just an abstract, like God loves me, okay. Or I love God, okay. 
but but do we see that love in the action or not? Here he's 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 relating the 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 love with the action. What is the action? Called you out of Egypt. I got you out of Egypt. The action is remember again the Exodus, right? The Exodus wasn't an, 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 a normal thing. So that Exodus and that miraculous Exodus out of Egypt and the Passover and the Red Sea and all those things were were mighty hand, right? Mighty hand. It's it's interesting when 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 if you look at, at Exodus, you know, the 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 how many times Moses is talking to the people about what remember how God got you out of Egypt with a mighty hand, right? Always back again to remembering, remembering. Right? So Moses always talked to the people, even when they are in the wilderness, like remember, right? Why? Because of that, what we just talked about, that, that, that understanding of God's way of dealing with us will allow us to continue, right? Maybe what you're seeing right now is not the miracle. What you're seeing right now is not the exodus. You're seeing the wilderness in my life. But don't forget that at one point, that was what? That was that was the 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 miracle was there, right? So whether we are stuck with with the wilderness, we cannot forget the the Exodus, right? And it's very very important concept, by the way. Like what is what is the Exodus? What is the Exodus for me? Like as 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 you know as a personal, what would that Exodus be? Based on the actual meaning of and the actual historical event of the exodus itself yes james yep. yes. being being out of the new old man and into the new man definitely yes and again you know how often do we really remember and and appreciate and thank and praise god for that baptism that we have We don't, right? We just take it for granted, right? And then we complain because we are in the wilderness. But remember that wilderness was after what? The Exodus, right? Today, I, I did something that I haven't done, you know, almost 10 years in, 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 in priesthood. And today was very, very special, to be honest with you. A few years, let me share this with you. A few weeks ago, um, one of our congregation here, uh, she's a convert and her husband is Egyptian, but uh, her um, a relative of her is a young uh, mother. Uh, she's in a hospital fighting for her life. Uh, she's probably 30 something years or so. And she's, she's not Orthodox, she's not Egyptian, nothing. But, but you know, the, 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 uh, uh, relative called me and said, you know, would you mind coming and praying for her? I said, sure, would love to. So I went and met with her and, you know, she had some kind of weird infection that ended up with, with like organ shut down and, and there's nothing to do. She knows that, the doctors know that, the family knows that. Just... So I went and visited her the first time about three weeks ago. And we talked a little bit and then uh, checking on her said, okay, well, she wants you to come back again. So I went back again. And then as we were visiting last time, we start to talk and then uh, somehow she goes, I, I want to be baptized. Said, okay, wonderful. But then like, how am I, how am I supposed to do that, <laughs> right? 
she's in the hospital. She's she's bedridden. She cannot even. She doesn't even have the power to 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 walk, right? But somehow, again, God spoke into her heart, and like I'm, you know. I've, and then, as I was talking to her, I realized, you no. Know, at one point, I was baptized Catholic. So okay, thank God. <laughs> so that that makes it much easier. Uh, but then, you know, she never she never got confirmed. She never, you know, she never lived, never 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 lived the faith at all, right? And now, as she is almost dying, now she's starting to remember everything. And to look into her life and look into what's happening and to look at everything. So she started to talk and talk and talk. And then she goes, uh, I, I want to do that. I want to be an Orthodox. It's okay. <laughs> so so today, after liturgy, I went and took the Mayroon, the holy oil, and took the communion and went and prayed and took confession and chrismated her as she is in the bed. And and she was just in tears, just in tears. I gave her communion. And I can see at the end the joy that's on her face. She was like, so I'm Orthodox now? I said, yes. <laughs> yeah. The Exodus. The Exodus. We don't, we don't think of that. How precious that is. And actually last week, and the family told me that the doctor said that she's probably not going to make it for the weekend. And God wants. Right? It's an amazing experience. Amazing experience. But the reason I'm sharing this, because again, we we don't understand that. We don't understand that, right? So remember the Exodus. Remember that that out of that Exodus, we were called his children, his son, his daughter. That's the adoption. Back again to that, and you see where Saint Paul is coming from. From as when he talks about the adoption in Romans and in Galatians, right? Because again, this was all in in Saint Paul's mind, all the all the Old Testament. So that wasn't something that he, again, as I always said, it's not like St. Paul's theology. No, it's, just, it's the, same, the same teaching throughout. So out of Egypt, I called you my son, right? Out of the old man, we were born again through the baptism. And I think it's very, very important time now to actually look back at that and what have we done with that baptism? What is it? Again, person on, 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 on deathbed and longing for something like that. Out of nowhere, right? Just all my experience with her is not more than three weeks or so. To the, to the point that last time, I, or the last time before I was visiting her, she actually, and I, you know, she actually held the cross in my hand and started to kiss that cross. Remember God's love through the past, through what he has done with us. We take it for granted, we forget about it. And we start to look at what we are having right now and start to complain. But remember, I loved you so much. Out of Egypt, I called you my son, right? So when that happened with Jesus, with the family, it was again, bringing back that same thing, right? Bringing back again. Egypt was not just as as the refuge was not just you know coincident. No, it's bringing back the same Exodus again, and that's how we should look at it, right? In order to bring victory, in order to bring new life, in order to bring the 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 the, the resurrection and the ascension, right? So the the first thing here is is very important, you know, which is the 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 remembering the past, remembering the Exodus. Remembering God's love through the Exodus. Our Exodus, when we were 
given that new opportunity in different, maybe again, between us who are here in different stages of our life, whether we were born into it or, or came into it or whatever our, our status is, but appreciating and knowing and understanding that. And living with that again, that through this we became what? Children of God. So that's how he started. So it's interesting when he starts that section from 11 to 14, the first thing he starts with is what? The adoption. As a father to the son. And remember again, he started the book with what? With what kind of metaphor? A husband and wife. He see here, he changes it to a father and children. Right? Why? Because that actually fills and fulfills the actual context of, of the purpose of the book. Right? And you see this, how, how he goes through this as we, we move on. So the first thing again is remember the exodus. It's very important to remember that we are not in bondage anymore. We are not stuck with the old man anymore. Right? Again, whether as they did, we go back to the old man, that's our own choice. Right? But that's not the intention. And that's not the 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 opportunities that we have. No, we give, we're given everything as it says, right? We're given everything for our enjoyment, right? God gave us everything to enjoy the life. Right? So he starts with that. When Israel was a child, I loved him and out of Egypt, I called my son. And then he moves on to actually not only Exodus, but something else, the wilderness now, which is what? Verse 3. But before verse 3, verse 2 comes another very, very, very contradicting and, 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 and opposite thing. Remember, he, I'll read it. You tell me, you know, what, what's been repeated in like a totally different understanding. So again, one, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And then two, the more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to Baal and burning offerings to idols. What's the common word between both verses? There's one word that's repeated in both. Called. Okay. So the first one, who's calling who? God, the Father, is calling Israel my children. Okay. The second one. The more they were called, the more they went away. Who is they and who is they? <laughs> like, kind of confusing. Who's talking about whom here? Oh, again? No. Nope. I'll read it from a different translation. They called to them, so they went from before them. It makes more more confusing. <laughs> Scratch this. <laughs> they called to them, so they went from before them. So who, who are they and who are them? Exactly. They called to them. So God called Israel my son. And Israel... They call to them, the other gods. So the more they call them, they are, they are actually what offering sacrifices to them and images and, right? So here you see two kinds of calling. God is calling me 
but also the world is calling me, right? God is calling his children. You are my, my children, you are my son, right? And also Baal is calling them and they are calling Baal, right? They called to them, so they went from before them. In another translation, actually, they call to them that the gods are calling the people. But again, it's really hard to say which is which. But the idea is, again, that they are what they're being called by somebody else, whether they are calling or they're called, right? There's another power there that's calling them to do what? To offer sacrifices and to offer incense, prayers. And it's very, very, very interesting concept also because, and that's why sometimes we forget the Exodus. Why? Because there's another call. Right? This is uh, Bentley. So literal translation from the Hebrew. Oh. Richard Benton. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he actually, he translated on his own actually, like the way he understands the text. Yes, yes. So it's, it's very interesting concept. Like I'm calling you and reminding you that I called you out of Egypt. I called you through the, the Exodus, right? But remember that, again, there's somebody else is calling you or you are calling somebody else and leaving the father, right? And not only calling, but you're actually working. And remember I said, God's love is always manifested by work. Here's the same thing. The call to Baal or Baal call to them is manifested by what? Like what here? Effort. Yes. They, are, they kept sacrificing. See the text? They kept sacrificing. Not they just sacrificed. No. They are like intentionally continue to sacrifice to the idols and to burn incense. Right? The actual effort of burning incense. Right? Incense is something expensive at that time. So burning incense that actually you're giving something intentionally and you know that this is something precious but you're giving it to the wrong call right and you you based on that you can you can think of too many things right what is calling you god is calling you and reminding you remember you are my son i got you out of egypt i give you new life or the world is calling you like no come and offer to me although you are actually losing you're burning incense and offering sacrifices for nothing for for an images as it says right image it's not going to even talk back to you like like, why would you do that? <laughs> Between the lines, like, you're an you're idiot. Sorry. <laughs> like, you continue to burn incense to a, an idol. And then he goes on in verse 3 with, again, reminder of how he worked with them, not through the Exodus, but through the wilderness, which is, again, very, very much related to us now as we are going through our life. Because he says what? Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. Again, the, 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 the metaphor of what? Of a father that teaching his son how to walk. Right? So yes, I got you out of Exodus. I gave you that. I, now you are my, my child. But now I have to teach you how to grow, how to walk. So I have done that. The actual translation, like I, I continue to teach you how to walk. Right? I took them up by their arms. The, 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 um, the Septuagint in this verse is, is actually uh, more, more um, 
better, if I may say that, if I may say the word better. But uh, but the Septuagint in this war in this in this in this uh, phrase here is is um, is more of I I I. Yes, yes. Yeah. But no, there's something else here other than just I, you know, in 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 the in the in the Hebrew translation uh that is uh, that's what we read right now. And this is the same thing with the with the with the New King James. I took them up by their arms. It is actually um, that's the next verse also. But I taught Ephraim to walk, taking them on my arms. This is what it is. Taking them on my arms. That's what, that's what it says, right? Yes. Take them by the arms. Here it says on my arms, right? I take them on my arms, which is more intimate, more intimate. Like, no, I took you up in my arms, right? But they did not know that I hear them, did not know. Back again, again to the idea of what my people vanished because of lack of knowledge. Right? Back again to the same thing. They did not know that I healed them. Right? Was given from, from somebody else. Yes. So here he's literally going back again to their experience in the wilderness right like how god is god brought the people out of egypt literally right and then through the wilderness he kept taking care of them right he gave them the food he gave them the manna he gave them the the water right taught them how to walk even though they were stubborn but still continuing to raise them up right but then they said what they did not know that i healed them like all that process and they are just like what out of it Heal them here. The, the 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 meaning of heal is is very very nice. Actually, heal is is uh, uh, how you 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 uh, mend a couple of things together, right? That's the actual. If you look at it here, that's the actual word here, uh, which is rafa, uh, uh, which is again. If you look at this, it's it's uh, to to. Um, um, to stitch together exactly yes stitch together mend even in arabic yarfi to to something that is that is cut and then you mend it together terfiha right so so the idea of of i'm i'm putting you together I'm bringing you together right but then they did not know why why didn't they know again what do you think why don't we know that you are being healed because of what Back to perception number one, which is again, you know, that healing, we were talking about this at one point, even, even from the medical view, there is no stitching without what pain, right? Even though you still try to cover it, but but still it's painful. And even after the fact itself, you know, stitches continue to, 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 to hurt. So there is no healing without hurting, right? But again, that's a perception. Like you just look and you're so focused on the hurt, not knowing that there is going to be healing right here he says that i i i they i they, they did not know that i healed them 
I did not know. Yes, yes, right, yes. Again, because we deal with each other on different level, right? If you say something bad to me, even though you have a good intention, or what sticks in my mind is you hurt me, right? And that's why we need to, 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 to start to realize that we cannot deal with God the same way we deal with each other. Right? Even to comprehend, like, okay, well, tell me what you mean, right? Why did you do that to me? Well, I can probably explain, but then we expect the same thing from God. Like, no, it's a different level. But they did not know that I healed them. They did not know. That I healed. You know, there's lots of things that stands between us and between that knowledge of how God is dealing with us and how God is is uh, bringing us to, to to God. How how did this happen? How does how did He continue to heal and to lead His people and to teach them how to walk? Verse four: I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love. This is amazing. I led them with cords of kindness. With the bands of love. The whole metaphor here is the idea of, of uh, the oxen that is led by, by bond and by, by cord, right? But here he adds something different than even though who's, who's, who's carrying the yoke? God is. And that's exactly where, where, where Matthew comes, like, you know, it's uh, cast and, and uh, carry my yoke because my yoke is what? Light, right? So here I am again. You you don't have the idea here that you never you were never pushed to do anything. Even when I am holding you with cords and with 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 ropes and with bands, those are the bands of what kindness and love. Kindness here again. The word is Adam, which is which is humanness, meaning I'm I'm, I'm actually being so human with you, right? And, and and that's another thing, you know. Again, you know how 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 can we look at the things that are in a way bonds or or cords that that they are bonds of love and cords of love, right? And goes back again to that remembering again how he dealt with us from the beginning, right? Because you know he he, he did not call you know, and that's what Moses said at one point, like. You know, you, you can't be calling the, calling us out of Egypt, so we die in the wilderness, and then the people will say, like, what kind of God are you? Remember that? Like, people will say that you're 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 a bad guy, right? You got us out of the of the of the of the slavery into the wilderness to die in the wilderness. How could you do that? So, with all that, what is it trying to say again? So we're, we're still in the context of, of Hosea from the beginning. What is he trying to say here? As I said, from 11, everything starts to take a different tone, different turn. What is he trying to say? I think he's talking about all the different blessings. He's saying, I took you out of Egypt, but then you brought whatever was in Egypt with me, and you continued to offer to it. And then I lifted you and taught you how to walk like a father, but still um, I even went down to give you human, human love, like love that you can comprehend and understand. Yes. yes. And still, I still continue, continue to. to. Yeah. 
even till this point, as I'm telling you that this is how I dealt with you, you're still, that's why again, the, the, the verse, four, verse four or five after this goes back again to what? The bend, right? Yeah. And I bend down to them and fed them and they shall not return to the land. But then he goes on, my people are bent on turning away, right? But here's how I'm dealing with you, but still. That, that, that definitely reminds us of a, of, a, of a beautiful text in Isaiah 1, right? Isaiah 1 starts with what? Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. Children I have I reared and brought up. Same language, right? But what did they do? Again, God's showing his love through Exodus, right? God's showing his love through the wilderness. And then we'll see God showing his love through the mercy, the continuous mercy, right? But this is very important because again, this is, this is you know, the, the, the common uh, verse, Isaiah 1.3, the ox knows its owner and the donkey its masters, but Israel does not know. Same language, they did not know. Right, that I hear them. Right? So again, I think it's 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 the the he's he's the 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 spirit is keep keeps pushing the hearer to understand and to come to the realization of look at things from a different view, right? Understand that this is all out of love. This is all out of of care that I called you my son, that I have taught you how to walk, that I have healed you. I have reared you, I have brought you up, right? So remember that everything else you do, how does it feel to God? It hurts, it hurts. And we, again, back again to how we perceive God. We don't think that God really has feeling and his feeling hurts when I do something bad, right? They kept telling this when we were young, right? But we still don't get it with the, with the correct understanding. Right? Like when you rebel, God's actually what? Not mad, but what's sad. Right? And you see this in Isaiah here, you see the tone. Right? I've read and brought up on, but they have rebelled against me. Right? And then he goes on again, the same, the same idea of, of, uh, of Hosea, you know, uh, what should I do? Right? Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. Why are you still there? I'm the one who is trying to offer you healing. I want you to be healed. Why you still want to stick with the, with the sickness? Why don't you ask for the healing? And I think that's, that's the message for, for each one of us. Again, how we can continue to live that that process of healing, right? We said this, by the way, before, orthodoxy is about the healing of the spirit and the soul, because all the sacraments are for healing, right? When you pray, that's why we pray the, the litany of the, of the sick, right? The physician of our souls and souls first. As I was talking to that young lady in the hospital today, I was talking and said like, you know, so she goes like, so my sins are forgiven, said, yes. And so we talked about healing because she's still holding on to some kind of hope, right? And it's very hard when you preach to someone that's on, on, on you know, that bad, like, like God is 100%, his healing is 100% for the spirit and for the soul. 
whether he wants to do to give healing to the body or not. But you know what? Doesn't matter. One point, because you just partook from the from his body and blood, eternal life. So you see this actually physically in front of you in those moments, right? The things that again we don't we just say it, but in front of, of, of reality that actually person is dying and holding on to that and nothing else to hold on to other than this is eternal life. So there's no death. It totally has a different meaning and different different experience. It's just ten responses from the this morning when we were reading on the screen. Yes. In the wilderness or in the exodus or even past that, the, the idea of going back again to that, that original experience and the main purpose. The main purpose is I called you out of Egypt to be my son by adoption. And because of that, there are, as there are consequences for bad things, there are consequences for adoption, right? Being his child now by adoption, that means that I have to submit to him so he can teach me how to walk, right? So he can give me, as it says, I bend down for them and give them food. The, the, the analogy is amazing, right? And I bend down to them and fed them. So uh, here I am, I'm bringing myself down to you. So if that hurts in a way or another, don't come back and tell me, why are you doing this to me? Because you established already the foundation, right? If I establish the foundation for my, with my father, then, then I will accept whatever. I might rebel sometimes. I might, you know, uh, uh, not agree, but but that that image and that uh, understanding that he is the one who called me his son will never go away. Will never go away. That's why they shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king because they have refused to return to me. Here again, going back again to that parallel between. Then it was Egypt for your for your grandfathers. Now it's Assyria that you are leaving me, although I have done this and this and this and that with you. And and again, there, there is a lot to say in this in this chapter. You know, just, just you know, so we we don't we don't go so over time. Uh, then the 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 verse eight is is amazing verse, right? Um, how can I give you up over? Here we see the struggle as if God is really struggling with the decision, right? How can I give you up over? You know, logically, I should give you up, right? Based on the behavior, based on the pattern, based on everything, I should actually come to the point of give you up. But how can I hand you over, O Israel? I, I can't, see? How can I make you like Adama and Zebulun? Adama and Zebulun are actually two cities uh, uh, along the 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 the, uh, the area of uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah. So he's saying, how can I treat you like I burned them? I cannot do that. 
Aquela dúvida. I want to, again, based on your behavior, that's what I should do, but you know what, I can't do that, right? You see, the, the, like, actually, as if God is really struggling, like, okay, you know, the, again, the judgment and the mercy, 100%, the just and the love, right? But who, who, who wins at the end? The mercy. So remember, I remember every time I should do something or I'm not, I'm, I'm forgetting the exodus, I'm forgetting the wilderness. Remember that's you not know, actually, you know, this is what I should receive, right? So don't take it light and don't take it for granted. My heart recoils, this is beautiful. My heart, imagine God is saying my heart is recoiling, is like turning against me. I can't do that for you. My compassion grows warm and tender. And then he goes, I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. I am God and not a man. This is, this is, this is the key verse. For I am God and not a man. Don't deal with me as I am a man. How can we see this? Again, this is the eyes of the understanding. This is the, the work of the Holy Spirit that really gives us that understanding. That, as he said, he will teach you everything. I, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. And then move on with this again as, as a promise to what will happen in the future. They shall go after the Lord, right? After you understand this and after you realize that, after you really know how I'm dealing with you, then the future of your, of your, you know, next and next, next generation, that they shall go after the Lord. They will roar like a lion when he roars. His children shall come trembling from the West, coming from everywhere. West is the, is the bad, like from the land of, the, of, of being away from God. They will come again and join God. So again, this is, this is the beginning of, of the, a, a, a new uh, turn, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Again, the, 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 the 11 here is the idea of uh, the, the mercy in the past and how is that should be the base of how we deal with him in the future. It's very important. very important. Don't get lost and don't get overwhelmed with what's happening and forget what he's done with us in the past. And not what he's done in the, with us in the past as just you know materialistic blessings, but as the main idea of restoring us one more time to our original, even more than restoring, as we say, that we became adopted and called children again to, to his, to himself. Questions or comments? Okay, so next Friday, as usual, the ninth, uh, 16th, yes. At 23rd and 30th, I'm out of the country, so that won't be. So, but again, 9th, 16th, the next couple of times will be uh, our normal time. And we can actually try, you know, so 12, 13, and 14. We can probably try, hopefully we can finish in the in the, in the the next, uh, uh, is that gonna happen? <laughs> Before the break, uh, or maybe leave one more time for the, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. 
Yes, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. 23rd and 30th, there is no Bible study of September, but 9th and 16th, the next week and the following one, God willing, as usual, yes. Okay. Good. Let's pray and then we can name the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love, Lord, that's beyond our understanding, Lord. So, Lord, remind us always, Lord, that, as you said, that uh, I am a God. I am God and not a man, Lord. Remind us that... Uh, that uh, we deal with you, Lord, with uh, not with, like we deal with each other, but uh, you give us that uh, knowledge, Lord. Give us that uh, understanding, that uh, uh, illumination, Lord, to see you, Lord, as the, the loving God, Lord, that always, even if we uh, go astray, even if you allow us to, to get lost, Lord, for whatever reason, that you're always there, Lord. You called us, Lord. Allow us, Lord, to understand again that uh, you, you're the one who brought us out of, uh, of Egypt, Lord, through the exodus, through the, the, the baptism, Lord, through accepting us, Lord, uh, into members of your, of your body, Lord, out of love, out of care, out of, uh, of uh, beyond our understanding, Lord, way of dealing with each one of us. Praying, Lord, to, to, to experience that, to live that, to share that with others, Lord, as, uh, as a reason, Lord, for us to... Uh, to call people, Lord, into that same body, Lord, and to be a reason, Lord, for people to come and to join and to uh, enjoy, Lord, that uh, love that, that's beyond our understanding. Praying for my brothers and sisters, for those who are away from you, Lord, for those who want to leave you, do not leave them. Bring everybody, Lord, as uh, one flock under one shepherd, Lord. Prayers of all your saints in your name, Lord, Jesus, and we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day or do this best. Lead us not temptation, but deliver us. Thank you in that power that we now for the ages of the beginning. Go in peace. Have a good night, people. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.